Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Center, One Church in Global Locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Christian Center, visit our website at www.harvestcc.me. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. If you don't have a Bible, lift your hand. Let's make our confession of faith together. I am unconditionally loved by God and at harvest. I come to God as I am, but I won't stay as I am because the life-giving message I'll receive will make me more like the great I am. I'm on 10 and I win in Jesus' name. I want you to go to Proverbs. I want you to go to Proverbs chapter number 26 and verse number 2. Proverbs means wisdom. Say wisdom. Wisdom is a shortcut. Wisdom will get you to where you're going faster. Uh, wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is the appropriate application of knowledge. You can be smart but not be wise. And, and touch your neighbor and say, you want to be both. <clears throat> Proverbs 26.2, like a flitting sparrow, like a flying swallow. Here it is. A curse without a cause shall not alight. Mister, what does that mean? Let me give it to you real simple. If there's a curse, something caused it. Which means if there's a cause, there's an effect. What's the effect? The curse. But if there's a cause, that also means that that cause can be reset. Now, now say, Father, in the name of Jesus, open my ears to hear and to receive so I can reset every curse that's been in operation in my life in Jesus' name. Father, speak to us now with clarity. Speak to us now that we would move and walk in what you've ordained today. I declare that this word would not fall on deaf ears, but it would fall on the ears of not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word today, Father. We declare that as we are in this reset, as we are in this time of new beginnings, Father, that every curse would be reset that has been upon everybody under the sound of my voice. And we thank you that it is so in Jesus' name. Somebody holler, I'm resetting, I'm resetting. every curse in Jesus' name. You can be seated. I want to jump in. In this series, we're resetting and creating new beginnings. And so far in this series, we've hit reset in ourselves. We've reset how we see success. We've learned the A, B, C, and D that we needed to cut out of our lives to reset, which, by the way, that's probably my most favorite message from the series. We have learned how to reset the right relationships because every relationship doesn't need to be reset. Some of them need to be left. We learned how to reset our faith with a fast, how to reset our finances. Then we converge this series with the month that we're in, which is going to be a September to remember. Got to get that one. And Sunday, we reset our family. Today, I want to teach you how to reset every curse. Say reset every curse. Now, I need you to talk to me like you're a lion. I need you to talk to me like you're a warrior. I need you to talk to me like you're a gladiator. You can sit there and just think this is just another experience, or you can say, I'm not leaving the same way I came in. My bloodline's not leaving the same way I came in. I ain't got time to play church games. I ain't got time to just sit up and act like this is just some regular day. You just completed 21 days of fasting and prayer, which means you're in a supernatural time, which means anything can manifest, anything can happen. Anything. Just your neighbor say, we're in a supernatural time. Say, I'm resetting every curse. 
Now, now watch this. You choose either the blessing or the curse on a day-by-day and decision-by-decision basis. The blessing now is an empowerment to prosper, do well, and be whole. Prosper there doesn't just mean money, doesn't mean cash, cars, and clothes. Prosper there means to be shalom. Nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking, all is well. To the contrary, the curse, watch this, don't get caught up in uh, ghosts and goblins and demons with little pitchforks. No, no, no. The curse is an empowerment to fail. Check it out. It's an empowerment to fail. Check it out. It's an empowerment to fail. I'm going to have you do it one more time. It's an empowerment to fail. When there's a curse at work, it don't matter how hard you pray, no matter how hard you work, no matter how hard you talk, you cannot seem to make it succeed. It means to not succeed and to be incomplete and lacking. But touch your neighbor and say, those days are over in your life. Now, I know that sounds like a big, bold statement, and it is, but the book says that he calls things that be not as though they were, which means you're going to have to keep calling it the blessed until you see it manifest. Now, now watch this. The quality of the life you live is not determined by God. Stop blaming God for your life. The quality of your life has been determined by your choices, which illustrates the power of Deuteronomy 11:26. Deuteronomy, which by its very nature, the very etymology of the word means to say it again. Verse 26 says, Behold, I set before you today a blessing and a curse. Check it out. God says, Every day I'm setting before you the blessing and the curse. Watch this. Every decision I'm setting before you the blessing and the curse. Watch this. Every emotion I'm setting before you the blessing and the curse. Verse 27, the blessing if you obey the commandments. Say, that's your choice of the Lord your God, which I command you today. And the curse if you don't listen. If you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, watch this, but turn aside from the way which I command you today to go after other gods which you have not known. He says, listen, every day, every decision, you are choosing the blessing or the curse, which means you are where you are because of what you chose. Stop blaming God. Stop blaming your mama. Stop blaming your daddy. Stop blaming your bloodline. Touch your neighbor. Say, take some responsibility. Now watch this. Deuteronomy 30 and 19 illustrates this point but makes it more clear. He says, this is the Lord speaking. I call heaven, and, or this is Moses uh, speaking here in Deuteronomy. He says, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. Watch what the Lord says. I have set before you life and what? Okay. The what? Blessing and the curse. Now watch this. He says, listen, some of you are going to think it's a hard test. So let me tell you what to pick. You need to pick and choose life, which is also the blessing that you and your descendants may live. Check it out. That's why Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. I am come that you might or may have life. Do you see now the, uh, the uh, convergence of these two verses? Go back to Deuteronomy 30, 19. He says, you need to choose life. In other words, breathing is mandatory. Life is optional. Breathing is mandatory, but living is optional. And I think there's some people at this 915 that say, I'm not just satisfied with breathing, but I was born to live and have life and life more abundantly. What does that mean, Bishop? I got so much life, I'm bringing others back to life. I wasn't born just to pay bills and die. I wasn't born just to be miserable. I wasn't born just to get saved from hell, to live in hell. Hell no, that is not what he died for. Touch your neighbor, say, choose life. Now, the evidence of the presence of a curse is listed in Deuteronomy 28, and it includes, I'm going to go through several things, and I'm going to have to hit them very quickly. This isn't an exhaustive list, but it will show things. And when you hear something that's been at work in your life, don't resist it. Touch your neighbor, say, don't resist it. Say, get all in the water. The more you resist the word, the more you're going to struggle and deal with the same issue year after year after year. What you need to do is just say, that's talking to me and I need to hit reset on that. So, uh, so if you need to stand up and turn around, if you need to run to the altar, if you need to nudge your neighbor, whatever you need to do, if I hit something that comes down your road, just own it and say, that's been me, that was me, but today I hit reset. The evidence of the presence of the curse, it includes this, a slave mentality, constant lack, always in need, holes in your pockets, you fix one hole to create another, a yoke of iron which keeps your head down, which means you have a woe is me, victim mentality, repeated emotional breakdowns, confusion, chronic fear, nothing you set your hand to ever works, being blind, confused, depressed, emotional roller coasters, paganism, ain't none of y'all moved. Practicing magic, involvement in the occult, using the horoscope as a guide for your life, repeated sickness. 
which can be, it isn't always, including disease, anorexia, bulimia, boils, sores, cancer, blindness, heart diseases, diabetes, asthma, series and, uh, serious and prolonged sickness where the doctors can't figure it out. The itch, y'all not saying nothing. Never succeeding at anything. You flee seven ways before every issue. What does that mean, Bishop? You are a runner because your pride won't allow you to handle confrontation, life barrenness, sexual and reproductive issues, reproductive problems, STDs uncontrollable anger and rage, financial instability, low self-esteem, suicide, fornication, pornography, addiction, abortions, infidelity, affairs, drug abuse, soul ties, marriage and family problems, abuse and family relationships, jail, prison, judgmental family members, financial insufficiency, being accident prone, unnatural deaths, repeated divorce, rebellion, repeated bankruptcy, pride, not honoring leadership, prostitution, repeated bad decisions after being taught not to do it. Watching your children being married to their destruction, being taken advantage of, weak and passive men, including turning against one another, men leaving their wives and children helpless, men that marry domineering women that turn them against those that afford them, overbearing women that view anything that brings order as controlling. Uh-huh. Being putative, which means you jump to conclusions before you know what's really going on. Being deceitful and attracting wolves that are in sheep's clothing. Now that's not an exhaustive list, that's a partial list. Uh, but examine your life to see if there's an area that has been empowered to fail through this analogy from the presence of a curse from Greek mythology. There was in Greek mythology a, name, a king whose name was Sisyphus uh, 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 who was punished for his chronic deceitfulness by being compelled to roll an immense boulder up a hill. Watch this, only to watch it roll back down and he had to repeat that action forever. He'd roll the stone up the mountain to only watch it go back down, to have to roll it back up, to watch it go back down, to have to go back up, to watch it go back down. He kept repeating cycles. That's how a curse is like. That's what a curse is like. It doesn't matter how hard you fight it until it's reset. You keep going in circles around the same issue. But I think there's some people today that say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired about the same stuff. I'm sick and tired of walking in circles. I'm getting off of this merry-go-round and walking in what God is Dame. What is that, Bishop, this year that you would be on 10 experiencing the best of the best people, places, things, and touch your name and say hit reset on those curses. There are three primary sources of, sources of curses. Now, I, I hear somebody who thinks they know a little bit of something trying to say, well, Bishop, I just don't believe in curses because I believe Jesus took it all away. You can't read evidently. He took us from the curse of the law, meaning that we were no longer bound to fulfill uh, the uh, ritualistic application of Torah. You don't even know what that is. That's the first five books of your Bible, the ritualistic application, which required the sacrifice of animals. He became that final sacrifice. But watch this. What he did not do was undo the stuff you choose to do. But this is what you're trying to say. There are three primary sources of curses. Number one, generational curses. Now, you need to get the book. Uh, I wrote a whole book about it. I uh, got a whole series about it. It's in KOU. Numbers 14, 18. God does play the numbers. Numbers 14, 18. The Lord is long-suffering. That means he's patient with you while you're changing. Say, he's patient with me. That's good news because uh, have you dealt with you lately? You ought to be glad he's patient with you. And if he can be patient with you, touch your neighbor and say, I got to be patient with myself. And say, and I need you to be patient with me. Which means there may be sometimes I need you to give me a little grace. There may be sometimes I need you to give me a little mercy. If he's patient, you so can be patient. Watch this. He says, the Lord is long-suffering and he's abundant in mercy. Say, that sounds great. He forgives iniquity. Now, there are three types of sin uh, in the Bible. Sin, which means to miss the mark. Transgression, which is to willfully deviate. Willfully deviate means don't do that and you go do that. But then there is iniquity, which most of the times it appears in Scripture, it's a generational uh, sin that's passed down. Watch this. He's abundant in mercy. Mercy is when God doesn't uh, allow negative that should happen to you to, to, to happen to you. Say, he's abundant mercy. Now, say it like you mean it. Say, he's abundant mercy. See, that's why you're breathing today, abundant mercy. That's why you're not laying up in hospice today, abundant mercy. That's why that car accident didn't kill you, abundant mercy. That's why you didn't lose your mind, abundant mercy. That's why you wanted to go have an episode of snapped on somebody, but he gave you abundant mercy. The Lord is long-suffering and abundant in mercy. Watch this. Forgiving iniquity and transgression. Leave it up. He forgives iniquity, generational sin, and transgression. He says, I'm even going to forgive you if I, if I was specific. Don't do that. And you did it. Amen. But watch the next part. But he by no means. 
clears the guilty. What does that mean, Bishop? He says, I forgive you, but what you set in motion is still in motion unless somebody teaches you how to reset. I don't wish I had a church here. Just your neighbor say, it's got to be reset. Leave the verse up. He says, I forgive you. I'm patient with you. I'm merciful with you. But what you set in motion stays in motion. Unless it's reset. But he by no means clears the guilty. What does he do? He visits the iniquity of the fathers, his previous generations, on the children to the third and fourth generation. In the Bible, most often iniquity refers to generational sin that is passed down, which produces a generational curse, which is a destructive pattern of behavior that is passed down from one generation to the next. And the sins of the fathers, which refers to the past generations of your bloodline, visit to the third and fourth generations. Watch this. You're dealing with hundreds of years of history. Because a generation biblically wasn't just chronological. A generation biblically now meant if generation one thought like generation two, that was one generation. If generation one, two, and three thought the same, then that was one generation. Which means you're dealing with anywhere from 150 to 400 years of stuff. Which means, watch this, you may be 10, 12, 22, 32, 42, 72, 82, 92, 122, whatever. But you are dealing with stuff from people you've never met. Which is why the way you live is so important because it outlives you. Uh, lay your hands on yourself. Say your name. Say the way you live is important because it outlives you. Now watch this. That term visit, when it says it's visited to the third and fourth generation, that is the same Hebrew word, the language of our Old Testament, that is used for the word pastor. Which means, well, let's put this uh, verse in context. The Lord is patient. He's abundant in mercy. He'll forgive generational sin, and he'll forgive your willful deviation. But he doesn't clear what you set in motion. He will allow your generational curses to pastor you. Now, what does that mean, pastor you? To lead you, guide you, coach you. Let me give you evidence of this. Have you ever looked at somebody and their thought process, and you're like, why do you think about that like that? Because to you, you were like, that's the most crazy way to look at that ever. But that's their pastor. You, you, you're not hearing that. You, you, that's why somebody can sit up in harvest every week and hear the word. And then right after church, act like they didn't hear nothing. Why? Because Bishop Foreman ain't they pastor. They curses they pastor. But today, I wish I had a church here. Just your neighbors say, we're firing the curse. Yeah, yeah, we're firing every curse from being your pastor. You got a pastor, and he's standing right in front of you. Well, I, I, need, I need to get this. I need to get this. Yeah. While Jesus forgives the actions of the previous generations, still live for up to four generations until someone decides to reset it. That's what you were born for. That's why every week I tell you, you are the interruption to the dysfunction in your bloodline. That's why every week I tell you, you are the curse breaker in your bloodline. Because it's set in motion until somebody says, reset. And I think there's a church full of folk at 915 that are saying, I am the re. I ain't just hitting reset. I am the re. Touch your neighbor say, I am the reset. So the first is generational curses. You've got to get the series uh, on that and the book on that to help you navigate through that. Uh, most people are led by stuff from people that are dead. Most people are led by actions and thoughts and behaviors and patterns from people that are dead. And watch this, and watch this, and they were slaves. And they were messed up, and they were in bondage, and they were crazy, and they were this, and they were that. And it sets something in motion until somebody shows you it must be reset. That's why he said, I forgive you, but that does not take what was set into motion out of motion until somebody is born to be the reset. That's why Moses had to be born to be the reset. That's why Joseph had to be born to be the reset. That's why Jesus had to be born to be the reset. Now, what's the second way, second way that uh, curses can come? Uh, number two, uh, your words. The term is an imprecation. I-M-P-R-E-C-A-T-I-O-N for my note takers. All right. And, and, it's, and let me, for y'all who say, it's so dark, I can't take notes. Yes, you can. There's plenty of ambient light in here. 
I mean, it's so dark, I can't take notes. No, it is not. It's fine. You can take notes. You be taking notes in the movies. You be talking in the movies. You be having full-blown conversation in the movie. Got your phone out in the movie. The rest of us trying to sit there and watch the movie, and you sitting in there just, well, what's going to happen? Well, I don't know. We watching it together. How am I supposed to know? What's the... <laughs> just to deal with that. I mean, it's so dark in there. No, it's not. There's plenty of ambient light. You're fine. Number two, imprecations. Here it is, Matthew 12, 36. There are several scriptures I could have taken you to here, particularly one in Job that makes it real clear. But I like this one that Jesus said. Matthew 12, 36. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give account for it in the day of judgment. Now, now I need you to catch this. I've taught on the power of words so much. And the reality of it is, is, is that uh, you, you touch your neighbor and say there's tons of messages about it already. But I want to show you, I want to show you the great power of your words. Watch what Jesus says. He's go, he says, you're going to give an account for your idle words. Idle words in Greek, the language of our New Testament, is argos, which means lazy, thoughtless, watch this, careless. Now, now watch this. Uh, when you get in your emojis, have you ever noticed how careless your words get? Okay, it's quiet right here. When you're having a tough day, have you ever noticed how careless your words get? Watch this. Here's what you didn't know. Satan was hoping that he wouldn't have to get involved, that the pressure would make you curse yourself. Let me give you an example. So you're having a tough day, and so you'll mumble something out of your mouth. You know what? Nothing ever works for me. And so watch this. Satan sits back and says, God, they just declared out of their own mouth nothing works for them. By their own words shall they be justified or condemned. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat it through. Proverbs says, by a man's words shall his life be filled. Which means, God, you must give them what they said, even if what they said cursed themselves. Remember what a curse is, an empowerment to fail. Some of you keep wondering why you keep failing. While you go up, you have a couple months where you up, you on top of the world, you in Eden. And then you go through two and three months just to recover. Watch this. And you wonder why that happens. I'm going to tell you why. You cursed yourself. I just can't never find no loyal people. You cursed yourself. You put a sign on yourself in the spirit. So when loyal people see you, they walk by you. But when disloyal people come, they're like, that's my match. Because a curse needs a curse to find a match. Here it is. He says, you're lazy, lazy words, <laughs> thoughtless words, careless words. The stuff you say that you're like, oh, child, you know, you know, and all that. And, and please understand, we all have days. Uh, we all have days. I was joking with somebody the other day, and, and, and we was talking about this. Today is just this certain type of day. And, and it just, you know... <laughs> You ever had a day where you're like, I'm just saying stuff I know I don't need to be saying, but I'm having a day, and, and watch this, and you justify it to yourself. Y'all going to look at me like that? And then you're like, tonight when I go to sleep, I might ask the Lord to forgive me for all of this stuff I said, but today, today is cussing Monday. <laughs> Y'all not going to say nothing. Today is cussing Monday, so Lord, Lord I know I'm going, but Lord, I'm going to cuss, I wish somebody would. You don't know nan been the place that I've been spending. I wish somebody would. Uh, I forgot. This nine fifteen. Nan is a, a southern colloquialism, which means anyone. We just cut out all the rest of it and just try to simplify. We try to get to where we're going quicker. You'd be like, today is just bad word day. Today is bad confession day, because I'm I'm mad. Now I'll repent after the I'll repent on Saturday night before I eat. As I end the fast. What's this? It's lazy. It's thoughtless. Have you ever thought about what you're gonna say before you just let it pop up out your mouth? And, and, and I'm not talking about thinking about how to say something you ought not say and clean it up. You just ought not say it. And then let careless. Here, here's what it means. Now, you're like, well, he's on the day of judgment, Bishop. Oh, brother, he's talking about when we stand in front of Jesus. Hallelujah. Bless God. No. Judgment there in Greek means crisis, which means crisis will always reveal if there's a curse present. 
Which means, which means, watch this. All that stuff you've been saying when a little pressure hits, when a little trouble hits, it's going to show you how you've been cursing yourself. But today, I think there's some people that say, I, I, I need multiple recess. I'm going to break the button. I'm going to break the button. Lord, forgive me for cursing myself. Forgive me for saying I was broke. Forgive me for saying I was sick. Forgive me for saying I didn't have what I needed. Lord! Touch your neighbor say, reset that mess. We gotta move on. I've got 10 minutes. Watch this. Watch this. The last, the last category. So, number one, generational curses. Number two, what? Your words, imprecations. You curse yourself with your words. You empower yourself to fail with your own words. Watch this. What? Can, can I go deep, 915? And the words of people around you that you don't correct. See, somebody else, I just let them talk. They spoke a curse into you, and because you didn't resist it, by default, you agreed with it. You're not hearing what I'm saying. You, you got to check the people around you. When they just start saying, ew, child, your life is a mess. Oh, no, you better take that back. I don't receive that. Shut that foolishness up, because if I don't check it, I'm standing in agreement with it, and I come too far to let you speak a curse over me. So, so, so when, you, when you don't check it, when you don't check what they say, John 6, 63, words are spirit, which means they release the spirit into your atmosphere, into your life. And if you don't check it, then that curse now has a right to remain in you. So when somebody comes to your life and just says, your life is a mess, you better you say, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, reverse, reverse. <laughs> when somebody says, you crazy, you'd <laughs> be like, no, you so crazy. I, I did not, I did not, mm-mm, I did not receive that. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Okay, watch this. Be- because whatever you do not check that you allow. That's why there are certain things people say. I'd be like, don't say, don't say, don't, don't say that. Yesterday I was talking to a pastor and they said something. I said, sir, you got five seconds to get that right. Other than that, uh, uh, good, have a good day. Be encouraged. No, I did. I told him just yesterday. Just yesterday. I, ain't, I ain't playing. I said, you got five seconds. He said, Bishop, I'm just playing. I said, the problem is, is that I realized by me not checking what you said, I'm giving that a right to remain. So you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. Otherwise, just lose my number. Be encouraged. You must not know about me. Third thing, actions that fall into one of three categories. Number one, generational curses. Number two, your words. Number three, actions that fall into one of three categories. Now watch this. This is so important because here's what happens. is Especially at the early experience. Sometimes the self-righteous mentality tries to kick in like, Bishop, that's right, speak to my neighbor. I'm going to purchase this compact disc for them. All right, touch the neighbor and say, don't do that. All right, here's the, first, here's the first category of actions. Now, remember, when you do this, you are setting into motion an empowerment to fail. Do you understand what this means? Which means no matter what you do, that's why you ever looked at certain families and you're like, Ain't none of y'all about nothing. Let me tell you what's at work. A curse. And they'll just say the devil's attacking. If the devil is them, that's true. No, no, I'm serious. You ever looked at certain families? You'd be like, God, dog, ain't none of y'all talking about nothing. Y'all all messed up, all jacked up, always broke, always struggling, and always got issues, always got problems with this one, always got, but yet they, they're a little clan. And they fight to protect their curse. So they'll turn on folk trying to help them. And they'll say, you're just trying to do this, you're just trying to do this. I'm trying to get you uncursed. But since you like to curse, the scripture says, let them that love cursing receive it upon themselves. Actions that fall in one of three categories. The first category is deceit. Deceit means misrepresenting the truth. Uh, don't get quiet on me now. Genesis 27, 12. We're going to hit a lot of scriptures real quick. Genesis 27, 12. Perhaps my father will feel me. This is Jacob speaking uh, to his mother. And I shall be seen, seen as a deceiver to him. And I shall bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. 
So Jacob said, if I deceive, even because you told me to, I will curse myself, Jacob said. And if you read the next verse, then his mother says, the curse be upon me. This is what are you trying to say? Deceit requires a curse who it's upon is subject to determination. You missed it, church. So for all, I says, touch the name and say, stop that line. It requires a curse. Notice what he said. Now he's, he's a little, he, he's, he's a child. And he says, if I deceive Isaac, I am going to curse myself and not receive a blessing. Notice what he says. It'll, I'll bring it upon myself. Which means Isaac didn't even have to know he was lying because he deceived the curse was automatic. Next verse, Deuteronomy 28, 19. But touch the neighbor and say, we hit reset. Deuteronomy 28, 19. Cursed is the one who perverts the justice due to the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. Verse 24. Cursed is the one who attacks his neighbor secretly. Verse 25. Cursed is the one who takes a bribe to slay an innocent person. All of that deals with deceit. Now, now I want to go back to verse 24 because this one's an important one. Cursed is the one who attacks his neighbor secretly. I love you so much. You are so great. You are so awesome in your face. In secret, they come over here. I can't stand so and so. This is this and this is this is You curse yourself. Two faces always get two curses. Y'all not saying nothing. Y'all not saying nothing to me, which is why you ain't got to worry about who don't like you. You ain't got to worry about who talking about you. If they're two faced, God says, I got two chains to curse them with. You are the greatest. You are so this. You are so that. You are that. I tell you, I can't stand. Okay. Book says you're cursed. Zechariah 5 and 4, which means whatever you got to say, say it to them. Touch your neighbor and say, come see me. Now, that is an urban colloquialism, which just means speak directly with me. Zechariah 5 and 4. It's so quiet in the church. I will send out the curse. Says who? The Lord of hosts. Who's talking? God. What's the Lord of hosts means? It means the Lord who fights for you, the God of angel armies. God says, it shall enter the house of the what? Thief. And the house of one who swears falsely by my name. And it shall remain in the midst of his house and consume it with timbers and stone. Leave the verse up. I need to break this verse down. And, And I got five minutes. What I got? What I got? Come on, what I got? I got, well, I got five minutes. I said, okay, verse, here it is. Touch your neighbor and say, we got to do it in five minutes. Now, notice he says the curse because when the curse is present, whatever it touches, whatever it touches, if it touches your money, touches your health, whatever it touches, he says, and it's going to enter, watch this, not the life of the thief, but the house of the thief. What does that mean? Everything in that thief's, the thief's life and their house which means if you allow a thief to dwell in your house you just cursed yourself if you allow a thief to ride in your car you just cursed yourself you're not here see you think it's easy. you know i was just running him up the street that, watch this that's all the time satan needed he just needed them to get around you so that curse could be released upon you but today touch your neighbor and say i'm hitting reset Watch this. And the house of one who swears falsely by my name. I swear to God. I put that on my this. I put that on my this. Here's the deal. When people have to do that, they lying. Because what they're telling you is, you, you know my word ain't good. I know my word ain't good. So let me put it on somebody that ain't here. Verse, this is quiet in this church. And the house of, uh, house of one who swears falsely by my name. I don't have time to go into these verses to explain what that really means. It shall remain, watch this, in the midst of his house and consume it with its timber and stones. God says that curse is going to slowly take everything. Mm-hmm. They can't keep jobs. And it's always the boss's fault. Y'all not saying nothing to me. 
can't, can't, can't seem to keep nothing. Nothing works. Nothing works. Nothing works. Always talk about, they got to reset every other day. Talk about, I'm, I'm just resetting. Fresh start. First of all, how many resets you going to have for the same thing? It's quiet in the church. All right, let's move on, Bishop. Yes, sir. Okay, Proverbs 3.33. Proverbs 3.33. Say deceit. Deceit, God says, will bring a curse upon you. Actions of deceit, misrepresentations of the truth. I was here. I was just across the street, but I was here, though. Okay, whatever it is. And you think, watch this. You call them white lies? Let me tell you what they are. Uh, what they are is dark curses. Okay, Proverbs 3.33. It is, it is the quietest I ever heard it in here. The curse of the Lord is on the house of the wicked. But he blesses the home of the just. Uh-huh. Uh, now, wicked here deals with evil, contrary to. Got it? You ever met somebody that, that was just evil toward you without cause? I mean, without cause. You know, they got an issue with you. You're like, what, what did I, I don't even know you. Proverbs 333. Yeah, okay. Say deceit. Here's a second uh, uh, set of actions. Don't get quiet on me, church. I'm going to tell you how to reset it. Now, if you get quiet on me, I'm going to stop at the part to reset. We'll do part three, four, five, something like this here. Dishonor. You, Shonda. Okay, this, these first three are going to be like all up, all up in it. Okay, Jeremiah 48, 10. Say dishonor. dishonor. The scripture says in Romans 13 that there are certain people, places, things, and ideas that are due honor. Leadership is due honor. It doesn't have to be earned, it's due. Do you understand that? That's why it says, let every soul give uh, to them their due. Honor to whom honor, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, reverence to whom reverence. And Romans 13 talks about all of that. And you can look at that yourself. Jeremiah 48, 10. Now this, oh God. Touching and say, just this is good for us. This is like Dimatap. Oh no, 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 no. Dimatap is the sweet one. This is like Robitussin. No endorsement implied or in any way, shape, form, or fashion. But you know that old school Robitussin was in that dark bottle where you had to kind of put it up to the light to see how much you had left. And you didn't never have enough left. Thank you. You didn't never have quite enough left. And so the moment you needed it, you walk in there and got nothing but a corner full. But you're talking about hopefully this is all I need. And so you just took the bottle to the head. Okay, nobody knows. But thank you for somebody honest in church. Thank you for the poor people. Now, now, Jeremiah 48, 10. So this is Tussin. Cursed is he who does the work of the Lord deceitfully. And cursed is he who keeps back his sword from blood. Now, you may be like, Bishop, shouldn't this fit in the other section because it's deceitful? No. The word deceitful here in Hebrew means one who refuses to serve. So it says, cursed is he that doesn't serve. Touch your neighbor and say, see you at the Dream Team Huddle tonight. You better take care of you after church. Because the book says, if you refuse to use your life to change lives of others, I got something for you. Now, if you watch online, you can take care of you and your servant is inviting people to church online. But the book says that if you don't serve, that's what that word deceitful means. Now, okay, touch the neighbor and say, this is Robitussin. Okay, I got another. Malachi 2 and 1. Malachi 2 and 1. Malachi, which means messenger in Hebrew, the language of our Old Testament. Malachi 2 and 1. Say, message. message. And now you priest. Now, Revelation 1, 6 says that we are both what? Kings and priests. This commandment is for you. If you will not hear and if you will not take it to heart to give glory to my name, says the Lord of hosts, now, I'm going to send a curse upon you. Watch this. You, you ever heard somebody say, you can't curse what God is blessed? Not true. And I will curse your blessings. He said, matter of fact, let me tell you something. I cursed them already. Why? Because you don't take it to heart. What is he saying? You play too many games with me. Touch his neighbor and say, be serious. With God. Now, here's what that doesn't mean. Because here's when somebody says, I made a mistake. Oh, I just got to run away from God. That's not what that means. Being serious with God just means, Lord, even when I fail, and I will, even when I make mistakes, and I will, even when I do stupid things, and I will, I get back up because I'm serious. 
I take it to heart. I take it to mind. Touch your neighbor and say, I'm serious about this. And for all of you saying, maybe I just need to not come to church because I ain't serious. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like, I think some people think if I don't come to church, then I'm not bound by God and all of that. I'm just out here doing my thing and then when I'm done, I'm going to do it. What you don't understand is that's not how this works. The curse works in the building, out the building, at your house, at your job, wherever it needs to work. So don't be like, I'm just going to not go to church right now. I'm just going to go to the club. I'm going to just do this right now. I'm going to just do my own thing right now because because I don't. I want to be serious with God. I want to be serious with God. And the Bible says, hey, he be, he be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. And since my water can't get up to hot right now, but I'm just going to do it. Stay away. God says, that's not how it works. You better just get hot. Touch your neighbor and say, it's getting hot in here. Now, what I mean by that is just be serious. Malachi 3. Got another one. I just want you to not be cursed. See, to reset it, you have to stop doing what set it in motion. Do you understand that? It's not just as simple as saying, Father, in the name of sweet Jesus, I reset every curse. No, you got to stop doing what sets it into motion. Because we can get you free, then you walk right out there and lie. Well, it started again. Sweeten this up. Malachi 3 and 8. Will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. And you say, how did we rob you? We'll need my money. In your tithes, that's your first 10%, and your offerings. Now, 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 watch this. Oh, God, it got quiet. Verse 9, you read it. Next verse. Now look at me, because look at verse 9. Now, now God says, listen, robbing me. Tithes, that's first 10% gross income. Offering everything you give above that, generically speaking, you got, uh, and we, I've taught you about that. Now, let me tell you why this is so important. Look at what verse 9 says. You're cursed with a what? A curse. Now, notice, look at me, church, look at me. He didn't say it be on your money. Watch this. Here's what that means. It's going to be wherever it hurts the most. That's why some people don't tithe, and, and you're like, well, they don't tithe, and it looks like they got money, because the curse knows not to hit them in their pocketbook, because don't, that don't really mean nothing. The curse knows to hit them in their relationships. Y'all not saying nothing. The curse knows to make them find bad people and get married to them. Y'all not saying nothing. The curse knows how to find where it's going to hurt the most, and it might not be their money. Do you see the principle here? So he says you're cursed with a curse. He didn't specify where it would go. It's going to go to wherever the empowerment to fail will teach you the greatest lesson. There's another. Second Kings chapter 2. This one is specially for Denver. I dedicate this to Denver. Y'all know you dedicate songs. Y'all remember dedicating? Y'all remember when you called in the radio to dedicate songs? Do they still do that? Do they still do that? I don't know. I ain't listened to the radio in years. I don't even know what stations are out. They used to. They still do. Remember in the evening time? This is Sheila. I'm calling to dedicate this. To my <laughs> Slow jams. <laughs> I dedicate this to Denver. Hold up. I dedicate this to every hater. I, I said, I dedicate this to everybody that got a problem with me, don't know on me. I dedicate this next verse to you. 2 Kings 2.23. Then he went up there from Bethel. And as he was going on the road, say Elisha. Some youth came from the city and they mocked him. And they said to him, go up you bald head, go up you bald head. Say he's the man of God. Be careful what man of God you put your mouth on. You better put some respect, and not just me, but every man of God. Because watch verse 24. So he turned and looked at him and said, Cursed be you in the name of the Lord. And two female bears came up out the woods. Bishop, my mama don't like you. She better watch your mouth. 
This is my cousin don't like this. You better watch your mouth. He better watch his mouth. Because there's some bears waiting up. Now let me teach the verse. <laughs> now, now, now watch this, watch this, watch this. If the pastor, if the man of God fights for the people, who fights for the man of God? The God of the man does. So not just me, touch the neighbor and say, no man of God. No man of God. L- listen, I heard to shut your mouth. And if you so spiritual, pray. But whenever you place your tongue against any man of God, you curse yourself. And watch the miracle of the verse. Watch, watch verse 24. Because I, I know we live in America where, you know, you just get to say, especially in Denver, you know, they're not used to seeing... Uh, uh, they're not used to seeing minority men be strong. It's not racial because our church is multicultural. They're just not used to that. So whenever there's a strong man, they got to try to take it down and do this and run it down and this and that. Well, you better watch your mouth. Watch the verse. Verse 42. Come on, verse or 24, excuse me. So he turned and looked at him. This is the same Elisha that blesses, does miracles all that and he pronounced a curse on them you can't curse me that ain't what that says in the name of the lord here's the verse leave it up and two female bears heard elisha and said they messing with you they came up out the woods which means be careful who you talk about because you may call some stuff up out the woods. And they mauled 42, watch this, these weren't even grown people. These were young people whose mama never taught them to hush your mouth, whose daddy never taught them to hush your mouth. But check out the verse though. I dedicate this song. Watch this, say two female bears. Uh, in case you didn't know, in, in, human, in, human, in human interaction and anthropology, etc., ladies, y'all hang out together. Don't you? Or, you know, okay, just kind of go with me on this, okay? Do you know ladies that hang out together, okay? You know, they, they, could, they could just be going through their day and they just be, meet up at the mall somehow, you know? <laughs> they, 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 they hang out together. Uh, let me tell you something about bears. Bears don't hang out together. Especially to female bears. Why? Because they're protecting their young. So the miracle of what happened in 2 Kings 2 was that God said, I want to make it clear that when this happens, it doesn't even make sense how it happened, except you set something into motion that calls something out of the woods that doesn't even go together. But today... Okay, so the three categories of actions. What's the first category? Deceit. Second category? Dishonor. Okay. And, uh, uh, no, that's, that's not, no. It's deceit, then dishonor. Oh, I don't have time to give you a third. I just got to get you to the reset. I'm going to give you the third, though, on Wednesday night. Should I finish? All right, all right, all right. I'm not going to get into the third category. I'm going to give you the reset so you can start it today. So I'm going to start it today. John 10.10, 10, the thief does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and may have it what? More abundantly. The word thief there is the word kleptes in Greek, which means one who steals by stealth or in secret rather than in open. Say curses, curses. steal secretly. These are the kind that take off the top. They, they, they do it in secret. Now, now, here's what I need you to understand. A curse is still by stealth because you often don't know it's a curse until you're taught about it. You'd say, that's just a, that's just a struggle. That's just a this. That's just a that. That's just this. Not realizing it's, it's a curse. But here's the good news. Touch your neighbor say, here's the good news. All right, and I got to finish this on Wednesday. Proverbs 631. Uh, I, I want to show you this. Now, say curses or thieves. Here's Proverbs 631. You, you ready? Yet when he is found... Now go to the previous verse so you understand the he we're talking about. Come on, verse 30. People do not despise a what? Thief. Go to verse 31 real quickly. Yet when he is found, who's the he? Thief. 
He must restore. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I don't think you understand what I'm saying. Yet when he is found, he must restore sevenfold. Uh, he may have to give up all the substance of his house. That word found, uh, it means to solve the riddle. To detect, here it is, to be gained as a harvest. Once you identify the curses that have been at work in your life, now you get to undo the actions that have been setting them into motion, which means you found a thief. And when you find the thief, God says, I'm not just going to reset you back to where you were. I'm going to reset you. You're not hearing what I'm You're not hearing what I'm saying. Sevenfold, watch this, say restitution. Okay, watch this. This is going to get real good. Uh, according to the law in Exodus 22:1, in the case of theft, double had to be restored. If the theft was, uh, if the uh, if the thief was found alive and it was in his hand, in some cases fourfold or fivefold. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Watch this. Uh, but what happens in Proverbs 6? Watch this. Is that the uh, uh, fivefold and twofold are joined together? Now I, I need to get this. I need to get this. Touch your name. Say, stay with Bishop. Because whenever you find the thief that's been at work in your life, God says, because you found that thief, that curse, that action, that dishonor, that uh, deceit, that this, that the other, that generational stuff, that stuff that's been coming out of your mouth. When you solve the riddle and find it, I'm not just going to give you double for the trouble. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you restitution which is sevenfold. What does that mean? That curse has been stealing from you, stealing your joy, stealing your peace, stealing your money, stealing your happiness, stealing your shalom. And God says, when you find it, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you seven. Now, here's what you need to know. Can I preach it and end it right here? The spiritual year is getting ready to click over in a couple of weeks. The biblical Hebrew year is getting ready to change, which means, touch your neighbor, so you can't miss that Wednesday. It is the year, watch the prophetic gesture of why I had to preach this today. Because it is the year 5777. You're not catching it. You're not catching it. And seven is the number of completion, which means since you found what's been stealing from you, y'all don't even hear me today. Since you found what's been stealing from you, God says, let's reset that curse and come here completion. Reset that curse and come here completion. Reset that dishonor and come here completion. Reset every curse and come here completion. I got to stop. Whether a date night or family holiday outing, Meadowlark's Winter Walk of Lights is the perfect way to experience the magic of the holidays. The half-mile walk through Vienna's enchanting Meadowlark Botanical Gardens features lighted nature themes and sparkling displays. Get your tickets now at winterwalkoflights.com. Extend your holiday season and beat the rush with a weeknight visit in November or early December. Plan your visit and buy tickets at winterwalkoflights.com. That's winterwalkoflights.com. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.